Philanthropy is all about giving to causes that matter to you the most, and by doing so, making a difference in the lives of others. But is this an activity that is reserved just for the super wealthy? Or is it possible for the average person to become a philanthropist? What cause tugs at your heart that you wish you could provide funding for? Is there a way, right now, to live your dream with purpose? These are the glaring questions this podcast will explore as we meet everyday people who are stepping up to begin living their philanthropic lifestyle. We'll hear about their cause, why it's important to them, as well as their vision for the future. So let's get inspired, motivated, and learn how we can step into the dream of living our best life with purpose. My name is Nancy Landa. Welcome to Cause Talk Radio. My guest on today's show is Ms. Kathy Tully. Kathy is the upbeat angel lady. She is a spiritual coach helping people connect with their own upbeat angel. A native Texan, Kathy lives in the DFW Metroplex. She enjoys creating angel paintings and rocking out to her 80s music playlist. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thank you. So what was life like for you growing up as a young child? Growing up as a young child, um, I had some of the best parts of childhood and some horrifically bad parts of childhood. I'm a survivor of early childhood abuse, and there was mental illness all around me growing up. Hmm. So that's also led me to connect with angels at a really young age. Wow. Okay. So what was the dynamics of your family like? My biological father abused me. My mother, bless her heart, she was, um, even before she had me, she was very sensitive. She was a bohemian artist, very sensitive, very suicidal. Things happened to her and very mentally ill. So I, I was kind of the three and four-year-old trying to take care of my crazy mommy. Right. And there was a horrible experience when I was four. She flipped out because of something my father had done to me and escaping that. And she kind of a psychotic break. She, we we uh, ran out of gas on the way down to see her brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And I knew, I knew about going in gas and things like that. She said, we're out of gas. We'll get some in the morning. I'm like, I knew what that was like. I get my double bubble gumming bubble gum and you know, whatever. <laughs> I knew that. I knew how to do this. And I fell asleep and I did not see her again for four months. Wow. Yeah. So when you woke up, where were you? It's very strange. I can remember all that day, like it was yesterday. So I woke up and, the, and we were down near Huntsville. So this part was just fields, just flat. And you can look and it looks like it's only a mile away. It's actually three, but it's just so flat. It looks close. Mm-hmm. And I woke up. She's gone. I was like, okay, well, you know, she'll be back. She went to get some gas. Of course, I couldn't see anything to go get gas at, but I was just like, she'll be back. My whole, my whole theme, kind of a PTSD kind of shock thought was, she'll be back. I'm waiting on mommy. So I'm looking around. She's not there. And I hung out and um, I happened to notice a truck driver had pulled off for the night a few miles down. And we're thinking, oh, I can go ask him. Now, fortunately, I was never the child who would run away. I wouldn't just wander away. No. <laughs> and I didn't. Also, I didn't like walking very much. I have knee problems now, so I didn't like walking. And I remember looking at that distance and thinking, I could walk down and ask him. And I looked at that distance, and I thought about it. And I thought, <laughs> maybe I'll just stay here. And I remember the sensation of a nice, kindly voice in my head going, just stay here. So I walked around that dang car for hours. 
And there was another angel thing that, I mean, physically happened but in my own version of it. And right before my, uh, oh, my mom had just given birth like a month before to my little baby sister. And, but right before that, I had to go get antibiotics um, a few days for a week because I was, I came down with something. She didn't want to get it. She's pregnant. So, and every day I got one of those red safety pops, the one that forms like a little ring, like mm-hmm. a little loop. Right. And it was red. And there's a certain like Coca-Cola shade of red. I love that color. It's not my favorite, but I love that color. And so that was different. I love anything new and different and novelty. So I get this. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I don't have a regular lollipop stick. I have a ring. Ha. Right? Right. So um, what happens during the day, they sent three cars. The truck driver, she went to see him. He figured out something's wrong with this woman. Took her to a truck stop. They called the police. And eventually they said, um, her four-year-old daughter is back in the car. And they sent three cars to check on me. I didn't know this part. But, and also, I remember, I'm really sharp even for a four-year-old because I had to be an adult at four. Yeah. So, and I would just walk close enough to the car to talk to them, but not close enough to get snatched or anything. And they were nice people. So one family came by and they said, we're, are, are you okay, kid? Basically, I said, I'm just waking my mommy. And I just can get the image of them going, okay, kid, you know, and they drove off. And this is the early 70s. So, you know, it's not right. like today. It'd be different. Right. And there was an old couple came by and last one was another family. And this is when I knew something was, I knew it was in the right place. This, the mom just handed me a brand new wrapped up red safety pop lollipop. Ta-da! <laughs> I'm fine. I, it's all going to be good. It's all fine. And I'm really a patient person. I'm not really stubborn, but when not you tick me off enough, I will get my feel, dig my heels in and they're not going anywhere. That happened twice that day. So eventually the sheriff came by an hours later and um he's like okay we're gonna you know what's happening you're waiting on mom let's go back to the station we'll wait for her and my mom had given me red cats i love them because my hero was dorothy from the wizard of oz and she right. had these ruby slippers these are my ruby slippers and they were and that way they didn't get all messy and dirty like white ones became gray right away they're red and he and my mom had put a box of our clothes and and like my toys and my shoes in there and he was going to put me in the car without my red case. I'm like, no, I'm getting my shoes. I can just visualize him rolling his eyes like, okay, kid. And he put me here and then shock set in because I'm sitting in the front seat clinging to the door because there, there's a big rifle rack behind me. The, the radio's going off and it's like, oh, oh, something really bad is happening. Ouch. Yeah. And then we get to the thing and I hadn't eaten. This is, had to be midday. Um, and I hadn't eaten, but you're in that place of shock where you're not even hungry. Right. And I, by that point, I used to be a Coca-Cola-aholic. Um, I love Coca-Cola. And so this nice police lady, she's probably retired, may have passed on by now. I would love to talk to her and say, I'm sorry. I was so stubborn. So she gave me this big plate of food and a tall, frosty glass bottle of Coca-Cola. Of course, that's all I wanted. Right. And she was trying to get me to the food. And I remember thinking something like, look, lady, if you let me have my soda, I will eat your darn food. <laughs> and then they introduced me as this very nice uh, looking 20 young woman who was my foster mom for two weeks okay this is when I learned you never tell a child nothing they told me nothing for two weeks for at two all. weeks two weeks and I was already an introverted child and I'm in shock and they put and she had a little girl but she didn't have me stay in her little girl's room she had me stay in her old sewing room all by myself hmm. so this is kind of like the shamanic quest type thing. If you're in your own space, you're connecting something deeper. 
Mm-hmm. And thank God, my great uncle was um, in San Antonio. He was uh, working with halfway houses back when it was halfway houses started off for mentally ill people coming in back in society, not so much convicts. And I remember his house he had a whole wall of plaques from the city of uh, San Antonio. He pulled some strings and he and my aunt got me out and I got to live with them and be a kid. Uh, I was the youngest cousin. I got to be a kid. I got to have a, if someone picked me up late for something I wanted, I had to, I had a little stomp fit for a minute, just for a minute, but I was a kid again. I wasn't have to be a grown up. It was so right. wonderful. And right. that's part of reason I still have joy. So who would you say had the biggest influence on you as a oh, kid? My Aunt Marie, my aunt. Yeah. Oh, also one of the little kind of angel intuitive moment. So the, the foster mom, had, um, one day she just got me all dressed up and did my hair and everything and got soap in my eyes. So she washed my hair, but she took me to this like panel. This is 70. So paneled little, um, strip mall office and I walked in and there was my Aunt Marie and we just had this wordless communication and she just started crying and I just started crying and I went to her and you could not have blasted me away with dynamite. Uh-uh. So that was really magic. I and mean, we always had this really strong bond. Even before that, they, a mom's illness or mental illness had required that, she, that I go down to San Antonio. That's why it's a kind of second hometown now and spend time with her. So we always had this really close connection, but her, yeah, most of all, most of all. So this Aunt Marie, she is your mother's sister? My grandmother's sister, a great aunt. Oh, okay. Okay. So when you were a teenager, Mm -hmm. what did you want to do with your life? What did I want to do with my life? I sing. I also sing. I I would sing and write up little songs and stories sometimes I could toddle around. I wanted to sing, do things. I'm always creative. And painting wasn't even on my radar yet. <laughs> no, wow. no, no, no. The angels brought that in much later, just a few, year, uh, a few years ago. So I want to sing. I love singing and creating and things like that. Okay. So you already told me about one time you were really struggling. As an adult, mm-hmm. tell me about a time when you were really struggling again. Time I was really struggling. There have been a few times. Um, I've been in IT for over 25 years and the last 25 years have been a lot of hey we don't have a lot of budget so let's just bring in people's contractor so you have a job then the job's over you have a job then job's over so for years or a few years or six months or something and right now there's another one of remember COVID-19 yeah I'm on a, I'm on a layoff like we ran out of money it's like okay that's just fine I will figure out something else to do so um, that's been an interesting thing. So it's been kind of like a roller coaster ride. It's been a roller coaster ride. Yeah, There's been some yeah. good things. Oh, December 2000. Um, I'm having to hopefully just temporarily use a wheelchair because December 2000 in North Texas, we're in a floodplain and we get violent storms. So we got this ice storm. And the next day it was mostly gone, but I found one little patch of ice uh-huh. and I'm already a large person. I was even larger then. Shoot, before I knew it, I was down and twisted my knee on the way down. Oh no. So yeah. And I was on crutches for a while. And then, so now I'm having to use wheelchair just to get around, just to help get myself back. And while I'm doing home PT and things like that, that's been an interesting challenge. Yeah. Wow. So you said you had encounters with angels. Can you uh-huh. tell me about one of the first times when you knew that you knew that that was an angel? Well, that was when I was, yeah, that day when I was four. Okay. Obviously, obviously. Um, some other times, uh, something started happening when I, around when I was 14. I Thank God I got to go and spend three weeks with Aunt Marie and all the cousins. 
which right before my senior year, right before my freshman year started, thank God, because that was a wonderful bonus time. And just being around, I started having really interesting dreams of like, tell, I always liked that idea of telekinesis, moving things in your mind. Mm-hmm. I always wanted that power. And so I had dreams like that. So it's like, oh, kind of had dreams of angels coming in or someone's a white suit sitting and talking to me and telling me about things that are going to happen. But I forgot most of the dream, but I remember some feelings in the dream that someone's out there looking out for me and I'm not alone. So how many times have you encountered angels, would you say? Well, now I encounter them all the time in the form of people or animals or nature or just a thought. When I talk about angels, do you ever look up at the night sky and you see the stars and you feel tiny and yet you feel connected with everything in the same moment? Yeah. That's where I feel angels, that feeling. There's something else there. You're not alone. Someone's looking out for you. Oh, and I call them upbeat angels because of course there's angels of healing protection all that but i love the upbeat angels the second chakra vitality energy when you're happy when you're in joy something can go wrong and you just laugh it off that's the upbeat angels that's the upbeatedness that's my word i've made it up upbeatedness the state or quality of being upbeat happy uplifted and so when you reach out for upbeat angels yeah that's going to bring you up Joy, fun, damn it. <laughs> Thank you. I always had the damn it to fun. Let's have some fun, damn it. Can we just have some regular fun? No, some fun, damn it. I was like, okay, we'll have some fun, damn it. You know, so that's when you reach out for that. That's when life really starts happening, when you're moving right. through and you're in the flow. So how did your love for painting come about? <laughs> <laughs> So my mom um, had died in uh, 2005, 2005, and um, we really disagreed on art. You know, I, I liked what she did, but I was not her biggest fan. You know, I liked some other things the way other people did, but she was really amazing. And um, so she had died in this two, what year was it? One moment. It was 2007, 2007, December 2007. I was with a friend, and her church had these big, huge woman group things, like every once a month, 50, 100 women to show up. And, a fun party. We'd have different themes. And the one December was, of course, about you know, it's end of the year, resolutions. And my friend said, what's your New Year's resolution? I'm like, I don't make those anymore. Oh, just give me one. Off the cuff. What I said, I'll take a painting. <gasps> Our, we're having painting classes here for free this spring. I was like, and I heard the trap shot. I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Divine Mother. Thank you. I call her mom. Mm-hmm. What Mother Mary Kwan? Yeah, I call her mom. I go that way. You can go, mom. <laughs> and then I hear cackling laughter. Deal with it, kid. Fine, deal with it. So I was like, fine. And it didn't even take five minutes for me to love painting. But it wasn't then that I really became an artist. It was October. My wonderful hairdresser, big tough rock and roll. He was inspired by um, um, Warren Beatty in blow and um, uh, shampoo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He loved how the, the women he got to meet. He's like, yeah, I want to be like that. So he's my tough rock and roll older brother type person. And he was going through non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And, mm. and wow. And so I was going to go see him. And I hadn't seen him in four months. And, I, and he'd been going through for two months. I'm like, I had to paint him something. I had to do something for him. So I had this little small canvas board, four by six, five by seven, something like that. It's on my uh, website. But it's um, it came out like, feathers and I tend to kind of do this really cool feather effect my best friend says and like little purple feathers in a row and I call it dreams of wings and I thought let me just paint him something give him something to hold on to and this big tough guy almost cried I'm like do you like it yes he's wiping his eyes I'm like well I can put paint on a thing and help people I am totally am an artist now and I would love to be an art therapist that's a goal of mine in some way shape or form 
Right, right. To help people heal through art. So oh, yeah, cool that's story. when that started. And I haven't stopped since. Well, let's talk about your cause, Discover Your Upbeat Angels. So yes. can you explain once again, what is an upbeat angel? Because I don't think many people have heard that term yet. When you want your life to shift, when you want to have fun, when you know whether you've been depressed or just really down, or you're, or like right now, we're all a little in that feeling of, oh my God, something better has to happen, right? Right. That's when you're reaching out for happiness, for joy, that little spark that makes you laugh. Like you just suddenly laughed at me. I was like, yes, that's good. That's it. That feeling, you know, right. especially when you've been really down and something just makes you laugh, something stupid, right? It just makes you right. laugh and you're like, oh no, I'm laughing, but I suddenly feel good. Hey, life is not so bad, right? Right, and right. That's what I'm reaching for. And that's when you hit like second chakra in your body. That's all about vitality, joy, sexuality, fun, the things that make life worth living. Right, right. So how does one discover their upbeat angel? And it's interesting because discover has a different meaning. It can mean just go and find it, but also can discover inside yourself. Mm-hmm. And it can, the angels are, they're big silly kids. For me, they show up different to every person out there. You'll go, you may say, I've had angels and I don't, they're not like yours, Kathy. Perfect perfect you can't do this wrong with angels but they show this big silly kids because i'm a big silly four-year-old you know things happen at age four so i'm a big silly four-year-old right and i'll be a grown-up when i have to be you know to work and stuff like that but other times i'm just a big silly four-year-old and the angels are like thank god kathy because we've been around forever we'll be around forever we're bored have fun with us yay so I say is, like I said, they'll put on any Halloween costume you want them into. And one thing that's really worked with people, I say, give me, right now, what's your very favorite childhood cartoon character that always makes you smile? Ah, interesting. Okay. Do you have any like that? Yeah, Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Cool. <laughs> what, thank you. I love the little love. What about Mighty Mouse makes you go, okay, that makes me happy? Oh, uh, he was just... He was Here adorable. I come to save the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was a rescuer, I guess. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's revealing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I would say is, okay, first of all, I challenge you to do this as well and everyone else. Find a picture of Mighty Mouse, a picture of your upbeat angel that makes you feel like that happy laugh, right? Yes. And make it find the best picture of it. The one that whenever you look at it, you smile or laugh and make that the lock screen picture on your phone. Because your phone during the day locks. I want you to look down at that and smile every time you see it. (laughs) And later, if you'd like to, you can just kind of look at that picture and close your eyes and just think, okay, or say out loud if you're alone, okay, Mighty Mouse or Upbeat Angel, what do you have to tell me? Like what, if you think about Mighty Mouse right now, what would he tell you? Oh, gosh. I didn't know you were going to be coaching me. Come on, Kathy. Um, I have no idea. But you think about, you know, so anyone's thinking about this later, think about, well, what would, like, mine's Bugs Bunny. And I liked him because he was a rebel. He can get away with anything. I couldn't get away with things. I was, I was the oldest, so I had to be an example. I had to be a grown-up, so I couldn't get away with stuff. But he was a rebel, and everyone liked him for it, right? Yeah. So he would be like, eh, I'd go, I'd go hang out and take a nap, or I'd go do this, or I'd go have some fun, or I'd get some mischief. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll do some of that. So when I say discover upbeat angels, discover what angel – you'd like to talk to you right now what what energy is out there trying to reach you and how can we make you smile how can we bring your light up because i'm going to light everyone up i want to connect everyone with their upbeat angel or angel of choice and we're all feeling good and happy and like a whole global angel party all around the world right right that's fascinating stuff so 
<clears throat> what benefit can a person expect to receive when they connect with their upright angel? The benefits people have shown me and I felt is peace, clarity, joy, and actually, and then that kind of clears stuff out so that you do, it's easier to take actions. Isn't easier to go and pick, uh, like you need to sweep the floor. It's hard when you're annoyed or bored or mad, but if you're happy and rocking out to 80s music or whatever music you like, it's so easy to grab that broom and just sweep it, you know? It's right. like, oh, it's so much easier to do things, to take actions. You don't so think it energizes you. Energizes you, empowers yeah. you. I'm all about empowerment. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. So what amount of funding is needed to fulfill your cause? That is a great question. I have not fully identified that. Okay. So that I'm because st- I'm brand um, brand new. So I'm in, into talk with in, in this stage in this space. So I'm in investigating, researching, and deciding how to make how to met, best make all this happen. Right. So marketing be part of it. So you can reach the people that yes. need your help. Definitely. Definitely. And marketing doesn't come cheap. No, it does not. It does not. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm it's doing so, such- you, you seem so opposite of what my um, persona of someone in IT, you know, they're kind of <laughs> nerdy and you are far from that. <laughs> like, well, I'm, I'm geeky in my own way because my dad was an old, when I say dad, I mean the good dad, the stepdad, not the okay. other one. Um, he was an old school computer hacker computer engineer and an old hippie. He actually got to work for uh, Apple when they started off in Carrollton, Texas before they went to Silicon Valley. Oh, so cool. yeah. Anyway, so he had stories, but anyway, so I grew up with computers around, you know, and one of the best ways for me to survive is to be smart is to really bring all my smarts and intuition and intuition right. is to keep me safe because my dad, he had his anger issues. So he wasn't, he wasn't bad, but just, you know, you had to kind of know when to, walk that line that you never knew when you're gonna breathe wrong he's ah he, he would be very um if you got upset he just projected out at you and i'm very introverted he's very extroverted right not a good combination but anyway so it really encouraged me i got positive attention from good grades doing well being intuitive being a good listener so of course I, those are some of my strengths now and i i call myself a very social geek because i can talk to anybody and that really helped me in my work as a data right. uh, business analyst, getting people to talk who didn't want to talk. Very One last tip for you, and this yeah. applies to anything, any problem you have, even the most non-technical issue you have, all have one thing in the middle you have to solve, communication. If you can get people seeing at least the same problem, you're halfway there. Yeah, I could. Yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah, even if the result is we have to build a stadium, okay, you're still halfway there because now you know where to go and now you know what your gar- target goal is. Okay, so let's let's talk about target goal. Okay, in response to your, as it relates to your cause, right. do you have a, a target number of people you would like to help Besides in your first year? Oh, in the first year. Thank you. Because I really want to reach every single human being. Um, I would love to reach a thousand people this first year. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of people in a year. I know. I know. But when you work with angels, you got to kind of think big. Right. Right. So what do you envision your cause being able to accomplish in, say, three to five years? Three to five years. 
you're asking, you ask great questions. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I usually the asker of questions and you get to be the answer of questions. Um, what I would love to happen is to have, I would love to have a uh, retreat in Hawaii, Angels in Paradise, in a beautiful, oh. peaceful spot where we all get to come. And I'll be sign up for that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And come and be there in, in paradise in a peaceful space and, and have some kind of meditation moment. So it's a little challenging bit of work slightly, but fun and lighthearted. And mostly just being present, you know, and just yeah. soaking everything up. I that's a big goal for my from the next three to five years, start having those retreats. Have the first one in the next three to five years and then ongoing. Oh, that's great. I love that. So, Kathy, out of all the possible places for funding available today, why did you choose Up to Give to fund your cause? Because I love what the person who told me about it, Catherine, she told me about it, and I love the collaborative environment. I love being able to help each other yeah. and collaborate and, con and contributing, you know, because we all want to contribute. We love right. to contribute, but you don't always have the funding or the means or etc. Right. You may not right. always be able to do it, but if you can do it a little bit of time, proportionally, you know, proportionately, then we can all help each other. Right. So it's a community. Would you yes. say that's your favorite part of the Up to Give yes, family? Yes, definitely the community. I even had my categories under community because it's community building. Right. Right. Well, Kathy, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here with me. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we go? Just note, you do have angels. They do love you. And if you can, call your mom, because they just said to tell that to everybody. Just call your mom if you can. Okay. Would you be willing to come back on the show in a few months I would and be provide happy an update? To. I would be happy to. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, if Kathy has inspired you today and you'd like to either contribute any amount to her cause, or maybe you'd like to start your very own cause, listen carefully when the music starts so you know exactly what to do. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and were inspired by the content that was presented. Don't forget to click the subscribe button so you'll be notified as soon as new episodes are available. For more information about anything on today's show, head on over to causetalkradio.com. Click on the podcast link where you'll find all the information covered on today's podcast, including links for easy navigation.